In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my extraterrestrial lady friend is the one and only... Why, hello there. It's me, Travis Ratz. Uh, Travis Ratz, Josh Buckley on the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, you're joining us today, ladies and gentlemen, on Comic Exposure Podcast. We go ahead and we talk comic books. Uh, every other episode, which you are in the midst of right now, is a uh, comic book club episode where we bring a guest on. We talk about one specific book. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about How to Talk to Girls at Parties uh, by Neil Gaiman. Uh, with art by uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba uh, out on Dark Horse Comics. So we're talking about that today. Travis, we've got a guest on the show, a guest who's out in the middle of the woods. Why don't you introduce our guest, Travis? Yeah, when we say out in the middle of the woods, we don't mean like he lives in like a cabin like off the beaten path. We mean he's literally out camping and hunting in the woods right now. I am. Uh, yes, this is the uh, three-peat guest, three-peat guest. You know the sweet, <laughs> sultry tones of his voice by now. My good friend, Mark Poland, on the show today. Hello. How are you doing, Mark? Good, man. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Will you please explain where you are and why you are there? Um, I am on the side of a mountain looking at a field. Uh, with trees, and I am archery hunting buck right now. <laughs> I know that sounds really redneck when I say it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like um, it sounds like, like I'm on top of a mountain. I'm reading. I'm like, I was like, this guy's taking reading comics to a different level. He's like, I only like, I only like to read my comics on top of a mountain. That's actually, like, actually <laughs> I did read that comic on top of the mountain again this morning. I was going to say, I, like you said earlier, you were like, I already read this. Uh, like, I just read it again this morning, out in the woods. Yeah, I did. Out in the woods. I like to imagine Mark, like, with a bunch of, like, roughnecks, you know, and they're all, like, you know, waking up, and, you know, they're they're loading their shotgun shells, and they're like, Mark, you ready to go hunting? He's like, yeah, one second, guys. I'm just finishing up this comic book. <laughs> It's a real page turner. And they're like, is it, is it, is it Batman? They're like, no, it's Travis. Of, you have no idea how accurate parties. you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, You're, it's about to be most so, dangerous game up in that biatch. You're about to get hunted. They're like, you hunt. they're like, what are we hunting, Buck? No, we're we're hunting nerds. Now start. Running. <laughs> have you nerds ever hunted? Better shooting? start running. Yeah, they give you. I, I believe though, at this season, you can shoot a nerd, but you can't wedgie him before you shoot him. So it's an unfair advantage, you know. And I do believe, like, if you want to hunt a male nerd, it costs you a little more. You need a different tag for that. That's yeah. Right. You got to right. you got you to be in the right unit, right tag. Yeah. Well, I you know what yeah. I don't like about the nerd hunting game these days? It's so cheap. I feel like people are using those fake like Cheeto sprays. Um, you know, to attract the nerds <laughs> to them. I've heard, I've heard hunters, some hunters kill themselves in Cheetos and they start uh, playing Xbox they leave calls. Out, <laughs> they leave out some uh, they leave out some code red Mountain Dew. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a bait pile that's like Cheetos and code red Mountain Dew. Look, look at him. Look at him. He's beautiful. I'm a, a majestic nerd. He's... <laughs> Wait, he's nuzzling the Xbox controller. Hold on. Wait. 
He's got it. Oh, his beauty. Five foot eight, two hundred and eighty pounds, all bearded up. <laughs> That's a five point beard right there. Oh, oh I can just do this a whole joke, podcast on this. This, this Co- joke Co- has, <laughs> The camo will be like comic expi- inspired. Yeah, yeah. The flash or something just in imagine, camo. You know that classic photo of Bigfoot where he's kind of like tiptoeing right through the woods? So you just see yeah. like some nerd. <laughs> So, Wait, I see one. On hold on, podcast. hold on. Take a, take a second. <laughs> is that what kind of shirt he's got on? Is it X Men shirt? No, it's Game of Thrones. All right, he's too young. He's too young. We gotta let him go for <laughs> next season. <laughs> so. Anyways, well, we're not talking about hunting people. We talk about comics. And Mark's been on here. He knows the deal. I believe Mark, uh, your last two books you read with us were some good ones. We did um, the uh, what was the noir one, uh, Josh? Um, uh, the uh, fade out. The fade out, and of course, one of our favorites, the whole series of Why the Last Man. We did the whole series. Mark, we had Mark do some serious reading, and he read that whole freaking the eight series. volumes or ten volumes. It depends on if you read oh, yeah. the old versions or the new versions. <laughs> I don't remember. Travis, I don't buy them. I just take yours. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of taking mine. I'm in a precarious position on this podcast, if I can use some swell alliteration to get my point across. Uh, I don't have this book in front of me uh, because Travis, before he left for Japan, was like, oh, we got to do this show. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll do this one. I read it already. And he's like, oh, I left my copy in Japan. I figured I could just borrow yours. I'm like, oh, sure, man, take it. I already read it. And then we don't do the podcast. And he ends up going back to Japan with my copy. Of how to talk to girls at parties. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I bring that up. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like an off-air issue. And so, now I'm going to give you ten seconds. Get running. No. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. I'm not wearing my flash shirt today. You will never find me. Uh, actually, I'm wearing a pretty nerdy shirt today. Uh, I have like a podcast shirt on, so it's it's super lame. I know. Was your, I, I saw like a photo of it. It said like Justin and Travis and the other thing. And I'm like, did he make like a, like a podcast shirt and, and like no. add someone else to our podcast? No, no. it's uh, from a podcast called The Adventure Zone, and it's three brothers, like three grown up brothers and their dad, and they play Dungeons and Dragons. Nerd. And so nerd. This shirt, there says the shirt says Justin and Travis oh, and Griffin man, and you're Daddy. Getting, you're getting Mark hard right now. He's, he's, he's getting he's getting real nerdy up over oh. here. <laughs> oh man, he's so, loading shells. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's get into this podcast, guys, about this lovely book. Actually, you know what, uh, Travis? We always have a, a question for our guests when they're on. But Mark, since this is Mark's third appearance, how do you how do you think we should vary this question for Mark? Yeah, I think we Mark, should we should Mark, have something we've definitely known um, the. Uh, um, What's your first exposure to comics? Um, so this one is, since it is how to talk to girls at parties, why don't we do, what was your first exposure to girls, Mark? The first at time a party. You, the first time I you want... exposed yourself to women. <laughs> Mark, oh. Mark, here's what I want to know. Mark, leave that question aside, because here's what I want to know. I know, okay. that we all, I know that we all have a middle school or junior high, your first boy-girl party question. Like, we all yes. went to one. And I would like to know, I would like a snippet from one of your first girl-boy parties from your, uh, either, it may have been preteen or teenage years. Mark, yeah, can, you yeah. give us, can you give us a glimpse? 
Well, it was it was a little bit of a more different experience, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Because I was raised it was Mormon, the most dangerous so... game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so actually was... in the woods. I was hunting, and the girls were out. No. I knew Mormons were weird. Um... That's, that takes the cake. <laughs> they're all in their special underwear just flying through the night in this like white regalia so yeah. all right so what is a what is an lds boy girl party like when you're a teenager oh it was it was very awkward um i i uh i had a girlfriend it was my first girlfriend um and it, this was like junior high so we we got together by a series of like other people saying oh she likes you and then oh i like her and then we met up at her house and she had a party and we like barely talked to each other we had no idea how to actually communicate and with like each other. your hand your hands brushed against each other like once and that was enough <laughs> yeah well our sweaty palms we did hold hands and we're just like i'm just like sweat and that was the thing i was worried about i was just thinking about my sweaty hands i'm like oh i sweaty hands <laughs> Ain't no party like an LDS party because an LDS party don't stop. What? Yeah, they were pretty wild though. They had uh, they had Pepsi, you know, caffeine products. What? Oh, oh that's wow. insane. Mommy and daddy are away. The Mormons will play. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Travis, here's what I want to know. Pepsi in love. I hope it wasn't like the extra caffeinated like Jolt Cola. It was Josta. It was he had the Josta. <laughs> the Josta was flowing. How old is Mark? He's the same age as us. <laughs> Josta's not that old. Didn't you it's have not... Josta? Was... No, no, that's the one with get... like the Jaguar on it. Remember? Nah, we didn't get that in Japan. Oh man! Oh, Travis, Jolt. what was that? Joel, here's here's my. I want to hear the same thing from Travis because your party would have been like a a weird military base party, or what would it have been like a bunch of military brats, or or did yeah. you get some local flavor? <laughs> we hired out. We hired out some locals. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, maybe you do you run in circles where you meet other no, neighborhood was, like kids a, who aren't a, base. It was a sumo match. Uh, we were all <laughs> we were all in kabuki mask, and uh, we were eating sushi. Is that better? Is I, that better, Josh? I, Is that better? I feel like you're, you're just telling me. I feel like want? you're just telling me what I want to hear. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember there being a lot of parties, but I do. I was yeah. actually talking about this a couple weeks ago. I do remember like my first like boy girl date. It wasn't anything where, like, we could ask, like, an individual girl out. So it was, like, a group of guys yeah. hanging out with a group of girls. And we went to go see the movie Titanic. Oh. <laughs> I we, the intention Aww. was to go. These boys were going to go with these girls. And the intention was, I think in our heads, to, like, sit with the girls. But I think it was uh, one row of girls and then one row of boys. And then the boys kind of hang out with the boys, and the girls kind of... I am very much like Neil Gaiman in this book. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I, I remember, like, my, my friend Patrick, he was the one who, whose mom let him have a party at his house with boys and girls. Like, the first one we went to, and he had a basement, and his mom never came down. So, it was like a bunch of us, like seventh graders in a basement and they were boys and girls and there was spi i spin the bottle oh, there, there was some shit. spin the bottle action yeah Ooh, yeah wow that's pretty wild right i do remember my first boy girl date was with a group of people and we went and saw a circle of friends uh the mini driver vehicle um which may be why i still have an incredible like crush on mini driver Jeez. that that might be that might be it wait a minute basement <laughs> 
spin the bottle, mini driver. Were you in the 70s? Was your first date in the 70s? <laughs> mini driver was like, she was like a, it was a kind of story, it was like a movie about college kids. So oh. like she was college age. So I was seventh, I'm like five years older than you are. Gotta, Two, four, gotta, three years? Four I years? Gotta, I gotta, no, you're like a year older than me. No, how old are you? I'm 34, 33. Oh, I'm 30, you are, 30, yeah, I'm two years older than you. <laughs> I don't know how old I am, honestly. Um, how old am I? Shit. This happens. Circle of Friends came you're out. You're 33, in, Travis. Thank you. It came out in 1995. It was my seventh grade year. 1995, seventh grade. I'm looking at Mini Driver. I can't remember what Mini Driver looks like. She's the cute one, but she's got kind of a big square head. Oh, I'm looking this shit up. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, so so uh, the reason we mentioned that is because <laughs> our book this week. You know what? I was going to say that for later. I can't multitask. <laughs> Mini Driver, I'm saving you for later. Uh, the reason of course you are. It's because the book this week, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, which is not a trade. It is a standalone graphic novel. Uh, I believe it's still only available in hardcover. But Yeah, hardcover be- because Dark Horse does a lot of their books in hardcover. They don't do a whole lot of them in softcover. Uh, it's only like 64 pages, so it's a pretty short trade, I guess. It's, it's not a trade, but it's yeah. it's a fairly short story. Yeah, and it, it is – I believe it started off actually as a short story before it became this book. Uh, it's by – it's written by Neil Gaiman, drawn by Fabio Moon, and is Gabriel uh, – Gabriel Ba. Gabriel ba. Is he they are Bowers? brothers. Oh, okay. No, they're both – they doing... both kind of trade off on art duty. Um, you, I don't really notice any changes, but they draw a lot of stuff together. So I think like they're like twin brothers – who work together on a bunch of stuff. So I don't know that you can tell where one is and where the other where one, is. Where one ends and the other begins. And the other be- It's like Human Centipede, but with comic oh, artists. Oh my That's kind of what it's human, like. I watched Human Centipede 2 last night, guys. I watched Human I'm sorry. Centipede 2. It was, I haven't even watched oh. Human Centipede 1. Human Centipede 2 is trash. It is like torture prone. It's gross. Anyways, we'll talk about more during Halloween. But I want to vomit so- a little in my mouth. So, uh, this this story uh, was originally, you're right, Travis, it was originally a short story by Neil Gaiman. It was adapted to this comic book, uh, and uh, we kind of get to see these folks. If you uh, Folks should know who Neil Gaiman is. He's, he's written a bunch of novels. He wrote American Gods, which is currently a TV show. Um, I do not bad. remember what channel it's on, though. Uh, that is, I want to say AMC. I want to say... No, AMC, no, no. Showtime, FX. Yeah, no, no. I don't know. But anyway, anyways, he, he, it's it's a, it's a good it's a good show. It's a good book. He was written Bad Omens. Uh, he did Stardust, um, the kind of preteen that they made into like a kind of a culty movie now, where like you know, it's yeah, the one where uh, what's his name? You talking to me? Robert De Niro plays De Niro? a gay pirate. Um, so he's uh. Uh, Neil Gaiman. He wrote the biggest one is Sandman. His Sandman, biggest yes, hit was Sandman on Vertigo Comics. Uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba have done a bunch of stuff, a lot of indie stuff. So Casanova is one of the books they've written on. Day Tripper is a is a graphic novel they put together. One called Two Brothers, and we have read them before, Travis. And one of the yes. uh, BPRDs we read, uh, BPRV, uh, BPRD Vampire. So we saw them and Vampire, uh, and so. We had this had been floating around. I really like the cover, and um, this year was kind of like American Gods came out. Uh, they it was just last year that they redid like he had another volume of Sandman come out, um, and so I'm like you know this would be this would kind of be a good book to to check out. 
uh, for kind of our indie summer, which end up turning into indie fall a little bit as we're as we're ah, in comic so book. Don't 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 second guess yourself. <laughs> Uh, I think it is officially until sometime uh, in the middle. But uh, so we decided that we would um, read this book. And so here's what I want to do, Travis. I want uh, I want you to give us the uh, short and sweet. What's the story about? Yes, this seems to be an autobiographical esque uh, story about. Uh, a young man who seems to be a young version of Neil Gaiman uh, going to a party with his best friend. They are like in their late or like they're like 15, 16 years old. It is in jolly old England and they're going to a party. And basically this short little 64 or 67 page book is about the different types of girls he talks to at parties. He meets several different girls, all um, different kind of. They're all different girls, and it's kind of him having that – I don't want to call it sexual awakening. We can talk about what kind of genre this book falls under, uh, but that's basically it. There's no – and then Dr. Doom comes in, or then the Green Goblin comes in, <laughs> pumpkin palms the hell out of everyone. Sci- sci-fi teen coming of age but not quite coming of age yet story. Mark, Mark have, you, have yeah. you read or um, – uh, know of anything about Neil Gaiman? Uh, no, not really, no. Yeah, uh, he's starting to pick up... He, he's always kind of had a foot in both worlds, like the literary world and the comic book world, and I think this is a good yeah. combination of both, because it's not as comic book... Isn't this... It, Go ahead. I'm sorry, isn't this a short story? Isn't it based on a short story? Yeah, it is yeah. based on a short story, which it has the same kind of beats as a short story, uh, but I haven't read the short story. I think it. I think the story itself works well in in uh, comic book form. So I normally have yeah. a specific question, but Mark, I'm just kind of. This is you've read three very different books: uh, the Fade Out, um, Why the Last Man, and now How to Talk to Girls at Parties. Um, yeah. What What did you think about this? Like when I gave you this, when you you got this comic and you started reading it. What stood out to you as maybe different than what you'd read in other comic books? Um, I mean, what what I read before were series, so this everything was more compact, right? Um, but I I th- I think it stands well on its own. Um, I think uh, I mean, all three of those are really different stories. <laughs> they are. I mean, it's hard to compare them just because they're so different. Um. But yeah, I, I I mean I I really like the artwork and I really like the story because I I thought about what it meant. I mean, you kind of have to figure out what it means after you're done reading it. All right, and, uh, so I enjoyed oh, yeah. reading it a second time. I picked up on some things. So let's go into that. So you said you know it. Um, I think it does. Did it did it kind of change your? I mean, you you'd read some more indie books with Why the Last Man and Fade Out. And I think you you dipped into Witches and you'd read Preacher. Um, Mm-hmm. Did this kind of expand what you thought uh, what you could do in comics, or what kind of stories you could tell in comic books? Yeah, it it definitely was a different type of story. It, it felt like a short story, um, and it definitely I don't know it it was I don't know it it was just like a just a pure I mean every page mattered, every caption mattered in that story because it's so short, and it's it was almost like. 
yeah, like I said, it was like reading a short story. It was it was it was really cool, and it made me think. I really enjoyed that. It made me think um, what the female characters represent in that story. Yes, yeah. Because yeah, when you read yeah. it again, it's yeah. like, what does that represent? Because it clearly represents different types of women, or something like that, or you know, coming of age, or you know, it could go a number of different ways on how how you could interpret this this story. Yeah, you you said that uh, you know, like you know, every page man matters, every panel matters, every scene, every piece of dialogue, and, and some comic books I think we've read, uh, there is a lot more fluff in it, where it's like, uh, like it's, yeah. it's kind of filling pages, or this panel is just to get you to the panel, three panels down the page. But this one does seem to be like I found myself. I read the, I read this on a plane back in last Christmas, and I found myself, even though it's short. I found myself lingering on panels uh, and rereading the dialogue captions more than I had with other books. Uh, what about you, Josh? What was your, your feeling? Well, I think I think that we've we've done a bunch of indie stuff, but this really felt like it had come from, it, like you had said, it really feels like a short story, right? It really feels like um, short stories always leave sort of like what happened before and what happened, what's going to happen afterwards up to you as a reader, right? There's, there's, there's no room for prologue or epilogue when, when you do a, when you do a short story. Uh, so this kind of felt very much, uh, in that vein of short, of short literary stories that I've read. Um, it was, it was interesting to kind of, when I first read it, I was like, how old are these guys? Because they're going to a party, and it looks like one of them has wine. And then there's yeah. the part where it's like, oh, we're in high school. And I was like, that threw me that threw me off a little bit. But it was... Well, one neither... of them's 14. It says it in the book, I think. Yeah. yeah. And what? it's just, it's just. I think that, I think that, uh, and this, we, we can get to the art part of it later, but I don't know that Moon and uh, Ba are very, they, they didn't draw them young enough looking if it's supposed to be uh freshman in high school yeah you know i mean one of them yeah, has like this extremely sure. square jaw and so that kind of threw me a little bit but i did really like the story regardless of, of what age they were um you know this 1970s yeah, that's uh london think, story that's what i think makes everyone yeah. seem older i think it was like 1970s london like you know that punk and like really yeah, kind yeah. of political everyone's just kind of like a little bit older you know, these their, their, parents, their parents were born in the Reconstruction after World War II, and they, they had some, some pretty hard lives. Um, now, you know, one of the things that I noticed about it was uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Neil Gaiman. Uh, I always think he has these amazing premises for stories, but when I try to read his novels, sometimes it's like writer masturbation with the uh, words where you're just like, oh, my God, what do you – like, be clear. Be clear in your writing. Like, I don't know, like, he, he'll get go off on these tangents. And I felt like having the, a comic book helped ground some of, like, his poetic waxings. Like, so, for example, I'm going to read to the audience, like, a, a, like, just a little excerpt so you can get a taste of the kind of dialogue. Um, this is from page 35. Understand me, all the girls at that party in the twilight were lovely. They all had perfect faces, but more important than that, they had whatever strangeness of proportion, of oddness, or humanity, whatever it is that makes a beauty, uh, makes a beauty something more than a window dummy. And lots of ellipsis, 
in this uh i i like everything <laughs> ends in an ellipsis there's that's like the n- number one piece of punctuation and there are these kind of poetic waxings so what did you think mark about the actual dialogue of this as a writer i really appreciated it i mean yeah it it, it it's a little i mean you could view it as a little unnecessary and and i agree the the imagery behind it in the comic form makes it um makes it more grounded you know not but, so, you know, in a, not so writing masturbation, as you exactly, were saying. Yeah. What about you, Josh? You but um, I, I really, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I like writing masturbation. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think, I think what it does is because it's, a, because it's only one thing, it's a short story, it's going to be this and it's put out. You can't, when you're, when you're translating into comics form, you, you can't take a long time on one thing. You know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. spend a really long time with something. So, so the comics medium, especially when you're going to treat it as uh, either a miniseries, like when we read a comic book that is literally only six comics, uh, you have to kind of rein yourself in. And I, I think Fabio, uh, Fabio Moon and, and Gabriel Ba were able to kind of rein in, uh, which you mentioned, Travis, about Neil Gaiman being a little, like, wandering as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gets, yeah. I think it's, if you read his novels, it's always good for the first 20 pages, then it can kind of become a, a slog sometimes if you're, if you don't, if it's not the kind of prose that you like. And I find that I have several Neil Gaiman books, and I don't think I've, I think I've only gotten through like one in, in its entirety. Yeah. So, Mark, you, you talked about, uh, I thought you hit the nail on the head uh, as far as one of the things I really enjoyed about this book, and that is, you know, the book is broken up. Once he gets to the party, it's little vignettes with him with mm-hmm. different girls, and I think you're right. I think those girls do are symbols for a type of woman that is out there. So, yeah. uh, Josh, you can uh, try to remember as maybe we go through these, if <laughs> any of them. But, um, so there were, there were several girls. Are there any... Um, uh, the situations that stuck out to you, Mark, as far as like, oh, I know this girl, or this was the most like uh, I thought this was the most interesting conversation he had, or just the most fun to read. Uh, there's the um, the one he meets. The first one I believe is the one like the little atrium garden. Yeah, with the mutated finger. Yep. The other one is like the girl on the couch, like the on the couch. Yeah. yeah. Then there's the poem girl, the red haired poem girl. Um, yeah. So there's a couple, of and then there's them. the. Uh, that that I think I have met in my life. I I think the couch girl. I she was a little like drama. I don't know. I yeah. Well, I it was her name was Heather, and uh, she was very passionate, but a little like I don't know melodramatic at times. And th- and that woman strikes me as a little you know a little trouble. Like there's that one part where she's getting upset that she had to become a human. And then you see in the in the in the you know the artwork that her shadow is turning into this like almost like a demon there when she gets angry, and then she goes back to being calm and everything. So there's that dark side. And I dated a woman that was like that. She was very cool and very uh, you know at times, but when and but when you hit that wrong button, she she will turn into that dark demon figure in the back <laughs> oh totally, totally. And it's also like uh we should mention mark uh 
you know, uh, ha- has spent his whole life in theater, in plays, directing plays, writing plays, in high school plays. And this strikes me as a very kind of theater girl uh, oh, yeah. type of, totally a type of chick. Um, yeah, I like I like that. I think that's those are that's a really fun way to do that too. That scene you picked out with the shadows being all dramatic and intense is a great example of what we were talking about earlier. As far as every panel matters, and there's some really cool stuff happening behind the dialogue. I think that's a great example of that. Is the shadows in the background? I I think my. Favorite one, I like the the redhead, the poem. Uh, well, you get, I mean, once you go red. <laughs> Her name is <laughs> Triolette. Everyone here, I don't yeah. know if there's weird names to this book or this weird British Troilette? names. Troilette? Troilette? Yeah, Troilette. I don't know. Troilette. A toilet? <laughs> yeah, because I, I got to tell you this, guys. All these women seem obnoxious to me. <laughs> they do all these it's i would need to be so drunk to be at this party uh when when you were but but when but put yourself at 14 and any of these girls who would be willing to sit and chat with you and tell you some poem you'd have been like tell me more about that poem you know what i'm like now as an adult you're going to be picky. You might be a little more picky about oh, what couch God. you're going to sit on. Oh, God. But yeah. at yeah. Four... Zamine is like, starts to read me one of her poems. I'm like, ah! <laughs> but at 14, you would have listened to that poem. And it would have meant, it would have been like, yeah. oh, man. And then you would have told your friends, like, she read me this poem, man. It was really deep. Like, <laughs> Okay. I, I got a I got a question. Can I ask yeah. a question? Is that all right? What? Yeah, Mark, you yeah, ask please. any question you want. I want to ask a question. Okay, so... What happens? The fourteen-year-old version of yourself. There's a girl that sh- that says she is literally a poem. How would you react? Would you react like the character in the story? What would you do? The fourteen-year-old version of yourself. Fourteen-year-old me would be like this: Rape me, rape me, rape me, rape me, rape me, my friend. You know, you would have sang Nirvana lyrics to her. <laughs> I would have. Well, I feel like that was very reminiscent of my headspace in when I was fourteen. I was listening to way too much grunge music, and if you if you yeah. um, read Triolette's poem, um, beaming out its message in pulses and bursts, fuzzing across the electromagnetic spectrum until the time went on worlds a thousand sun systems distant, <laughs> the pattern would be decoded in red. I would be like, <laughs> right, man. I would be all, I would be into it. I would be like, "Do you want to go to my house and look at some album art? Do you want to Do you want to be in my Veruca Salt cover band with me? Will you do that? Let's Let's go Let's go listen to Babes in Toyland, um, Volcano Girls, <laughs> Volcano Girls, Eight Arms to Hold You. Uh, so I think I I think had I been fourteen and some girl told me she was a poem, it would really depend on like it really how hot she was. At, <laughs> yeah, and like 14, 14 year old me would have been like, I don't know, she's 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 pretty hot. Yeah, man, you are a poem. You Josh, are a poem. Josh is from Michigan. He's not ready for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are a poem. Uh, I think I think like uh, Mark, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Like the girl on the couch, like growing up in like punk rock bands and stuff like that. That girl who is just like too goth for her own good. Yeah. Uh, I met at lots of shows that that. <laughs> That sort of like, uh everything. 
you know, like something. But like <laughs> half the guys at those shows were the same way too. We were all like miffed about something going on in the world, uh, and and it's just you know, um, I just I, that's the one that sort of resonated with me is this this sort of like gothic short haired punk girl. Uh, and it may have been cause I, I dated one of those in high school. And so that, that short haired punk girl may have, uh, may have hit the nail on the head for me because they always are just, they get a little too angry sometimes. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's like, there's like, you're like, there's something really hot about it. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think it's interesting that the one he loves the most is the one that he doesn't know anything about really just because his friend is taking her isn't you know? isn't that I think true that's oh, I know. isn't that true yeah, that's of, true uh, of young men isn't that true oh yeah <laughs> there's this there's this whole running in all the girls there is kind of this through line of this very i don't, I don't want to say sci-fi necessarily but this very universal quality that's cosmic i would say is probably the best thing there is this very cosmic, new age equality to all these girls, at least the way they kind of speak. Um, yeah, it's like they're even though they're all different, they're all like they're all girls you'd meet in like a metaphysical bookstore in some ways. You know, um, there is this you know, and I what do you what do you think he's trying to say about like that running analogy between like women and the cosmos? I don't I don't um, know that he is. I I just. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Mark. No, I think <laughs> I didn't you know if for, that you was go... for me or you. <laughs> uh, I, I think, like, there's this that phrase, like, manic pixie dream girl, right? Yeah. That idea that this stock character and any sort of tale written by um, a broody punk rock kid, right? Yeah. And, and Neil Gaiman strikes me as a, you know, 70s era, moody, punk rock kid. And all you want is you want some girl who's cooler than you or, like, lets you be whatever you want, right? Lets you be soulful and brooding. Lets you, like, I'm the type of guy who listens to poems, baby. Tell me your poem, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm the type of guy who dates an edgy girl with short hair, right? Like, all those, right. it lets him, It like, it seems like each one of these girls is, like, a little trope of what you want your... And, and maybe it's all, like, some girl he dated because he was hunting out that thing in his life. And right. so maybe they played out in this story. But each of them seemed like this um, this sort of design that's not real, right? Yeah, well, I, well, I agree. I have something to add to that. But, Mark, go ahead. Oh, well, I, I think, I mean, I just think it's uh, the girls represent how when you are that age girls and and boys young i mean teenage boys and girls are so vastly different mm -hmm. and like when you're talking to a girl it is like talking to an alien when you are young <laughs> yes yes yeah because they are entirely different and so you're seeing different aliens and i i, I think it's hilarious that they say the craziest things and then he's like should I put my arm around her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, totally doesn't acknowledge the fact that it was completely insane what they just said. Oh, so yeah, I think yeah. it's just a representation of how girls and guys are different, especially at that age. You, you just, they, they are like aliens. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I think that you're, you're uh, I think you both hit the nail on the head. Josh, you're right. There is this sense of 
this is this particular type of guys, uh, like, you know, fantasy type of women at that age. Yeah. And then, but I think I think the the cosmos symbolism and analogies that run throughout this is mark exactly what you're saying. It gets to that stand. It gets to the idea of. Women, especially at that age, when you're 15 and they're 15, they're on a different universe. They're on a different plane than you. Yeah. Like, you're just like a boy who's like, got his finger out of his nose and like, oh, and these women are like, <laughs> they're thinking about like life and emotions in different ways. And yeah, they're more know, mature than you at that age. Yeah. They're, so, more than, yeah. they're more mature. Yeah. They're like a different species. I always say, yeah. my, my least favorite species of animal on this planet is middle school boys. Like, Great white sharks, oh, they're awful. widows, black widows. Ah, forget about it. Middle school boys are the worst species of animal. But then I think the, the second worst species is like girls in their early 20s, like 19 to 22. I like the second worst species. Amen. And, and I always think about this, but the teenage years, it's so weird we put these um, two different species, 16 through 18, together in the same building every day. Because the boys, you do just kind of feel like in awe, like, what is what's what is that? Like that's a teenage girl, and you're like, wow. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. And there's this beautiful thing uh, towards the end where you know, the, uh, continuing the symbolism is where the one girl who gets jaded by his friend who gets like screwed over, like she comes out like a supernova, and like her head is exploding yeah. in fire, and you get to see that uh, cosmos analogy, yeah. like what happens when you piss off yeah. the universe and what happens when it implodes. And there are just, he does a really good job of playing with that and, and the art as it's played with that really well. Yeah. The eyes, the eyes are really great right oh there. Oh my God. And he says, it's, it's like, um, yet I have, if I have any certainty of life beyond death, it is all wrapped up, not in Psalms or hymns, but in this one thing alone, I will. I cannot believe I will ever forget that moment or forget the expression on Stella's face as she watched Vic hurry away from her. Even in death, I shall remember that. And it's her eyes like exploding into yeah. fire and like dark <laughs> suns in her pupils. It's great. It is. It's. It's a gorgeous book, and I think it would not have worked in any other sort of uh, style. Right. Yeah. Because I think I yeah. think Moon and Ba create sort of this otherworldly look to characters. Yet still right? musical. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it's it's not too cartoony, right? It's cartoon. You know, there, there's a cartooning aspect to it. It definitely isn't like Jay Lee style art. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's definitely this sort of indie vibe to it. And I kind of hate using that term, but really that's that sort of you know it's their own sort of everybody's face is sort of accentuated in a different way right noses are yeah. like if a nose is big it's going to be big right if a jaw yeah. is square it's going to be square and there's this sort of like goofy quality to the way he draws everybody that makes it even more i think ethereal or more sort of uh whimsical like you said travis is yeah. sort of like the strangeness to it that you don't get uh, if it were drawn by anybody else, if it was house style, you know? or if it was like a composite realism or photorealism, it wouldn't have yeah. worked as well. What about you, Mark? What did you think about this art? Very different. Well, I guess it, it, your, your closest thing you probably read to it is Fade Out, uh, as far as the art style, yeah. except oh. it's more the realistic version of that. I mean, I, I'm thinking more that maybe the coloring, like the kind of washes and stuff like that. Uh, but what? Did yeah, you I really like the coloring. Um, 
I mean, especially there were, there was one that um, when they first get in and uh, the the girls are dancing and they're watching all these girls dance and it's like this beautiful like bronze color throughout and they have like the the music and this like ribbon going through them and I I mean tum, just tum, I like tum, that one. Tum. That, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, was, that yeah. was a brilliant to me, like having that tum tum sound that goes throughout of it, because music is such a big part of adolescence and like self discovery, and it's impossible to separate puberty and girls from the music that you're listening to. It fuels yeah, it. It's like it's like the one thing that's always in the background of puberty is you, you like you see girls during the day, you talk to them, then you go home and listen to an album. I mean, like Josh and I like pop punk and and emo yeah that's what it was all about like we were on the way back from vegas we're listening to what saves the day yeah (laughs) just take the wheel just drive please Dave, just go just drive yeah it was i i think that that it i think you're right um mark that the the coloring is this kind of it creates this sort of otherworldly thing again right like everything's washed and sort of like pinks and when it needs to be you know like with the fire scene you were talking about it it changes the mood the conversation on the couch the mood changes the colors change in the background and it it's less about making it look real and more about setting a tone to sort of the the conversation or what's going on in those beats yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, just look. Like, I'm having a hard time focusing on my Skype screen because I'm just flipping through this book. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes we, um, Josh might not be able to do it, but um, uh, sometimes like, I'm like picking a favorite panel here in a little bit. It's like, oh, I got to pick one. They're all kind of like just functional panels. This one, I'm like, this one. No, no, no. This one. This one's my favorite. Yeah. No, this one's my favorite. This This one's my favorite. Um, they're very it's very it's a very pretty book yeah every panel is like could be like an individual hung in your living room like watercolored sketch you know i love it yeah um it reminds me of the girl uh who did watercolors in the middle of goners josh um, yeah uh i forgot what her name was i have one oh here oh here I, she, I, I have a i have a wonder woman from that she did for me here. morgan bean right next here yeah morgan bean yeah, uh, it was very. The watercolors are very cool. I really dug it. It's just kind of like, like I said, it creates this thing that you don't see. And you're right, Travis. Like every panel, <clears throat> I'm looking at one right now. That's that's while they're walking up to the their house and they're on their way there. And he's like, I don't know what to say to girls. He's like, Dude, they're just girls. They don't come from another planet, right? Like this piece, <clears throat> this one page would be like just a perfect thing to hang up in your house. Uh, like and so. As we followed the curve of the road around, my hopes that that party would prove unfindable began to fade, right? Like, he was so nervous about going to this thing, oh, and his friend and his friend talks him up, right? And then he's like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm ready for this thing. Like, each page has this sort of, like, you're right, it has this beat where it would be okay. <clears throat> I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, the art is great on this, but, like, I keep going back to, like, I, I, the more we talk about this book, the more I like it, actually. I, the more mm-hmm. like, I'm excited that this book exists. Uh, I think... Uh, what do you think about Neil Gaiman, the main character in here? Um, what do you think uh, about... And... Uh, what do you think about like his representation of the everyman during that age? Uh, is, it, is it realistic? Is it too over the top? Is it just the right amount of kind of... 
Um, I know Josh, you said it was a little bit older than maybe it plays a little bit older than it, but I think that, I think the dial I think the dialogue plays older, and that comes from he's yeah. right, like he's telling you the story about being young. So his dialogue, yeah. like the panels, are going to read much more adult than what's going on in the scenes. But here's what I know: if you are reading this comic book and you read comic books, you are going to be more likened to N than you are to his buddy Vic, like. Yeah. That's just that's just the way it is. You were like, let me ask. So I'm going to ask you guys. You tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Travis, are you N or are you Vic? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a N. And in, in junior high, you were N. You may, <clears throat> I've you never may not feel like it now. <laughs> Mark, I know that you're hunting animals right now, so maybe right now <laughs> you are a Vic. But in, I'm not a Vic, I, though. Like <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm definitely like, an N. <clears throat> No, like, I'm hunting in the woods, but I'm also doing a comic you know, <laughs> podcast. You're right. You're right. I just, I just feel like you, you will relate to that guy because you've always had that friend who told you, "Dude, they're just girls. Don't worry about it." Like oh, you yeah. always have that one. Mm-hmm. You've always had that one friend who was always two steps ahead of you. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> you know. He's- but they they get you in these situations where you're like, oh man, this guy's so cool. But like he, they bring you along. You're like yeah. the mascot. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you think about? Um, uh, shoot. Oh, so Mark, one of the things when I, when I read this book, uh, I was like, well, I, uh, Mark wanted to read something, and and I go, what What do I think he might not like, but think was interesting? And one of the things that I thought about this book is it's short and condensed. Uh, I told you about it before you read it. I said, uh, "Think about it as a play." What do you think? Oh, about? I was could, just this, gonna... could this be turned into like a a a, a play, Mark? Like, do you, like as far as yeah, I think it would be a I think it would be a cool one act. Yeah, yeah, I definitely you could definitely do that and do all sorts of really cool lighting and and you know there'd be fog I'm, I'm there. You, Travis, <laughs> you are now a drama teacher, and you need to do some sort of play with your kids. And so it might be an exercise in both script writing and in uh, one act plays with your kids. In, it's about high school and students. And it's 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 not it's not risque. It's There's not nothing risque. risque. Yeah. No. No. I think it's a great idea, Travis. You should do that. <laughs> can I can I narrate it from the booth? I well I think that <laughs> right. no, Travis. It's a play you wrote, so of course you would be narrating. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought I thought I was playing Judas. I know Billy, but I felt something and I wanted to go with it. So just move us. <laughs> <laughs> but so let me ask you just to run with that a second, Mark. How do you think it, it's this one act play? What would be the moment that would be your? Um, what would you focus on the most? What what beat in this would be the most important to your one act play? Do you think? Like the theme, or what do you mean, or like? Production wise, yeah. Production wise, what what would be the the most and what would you try to focus on? <clears throat> so you could run it just straight like this, or you, there you, there might be something that you think you want to pull out a little more with and highlight a little more if it were your production of it. What do you think yeah. that would be? I I would I would try to make the contrast. Uh, I really like the contrast between the supernatural. Uh, and this this regular fourteen year old kid who does not recognize what's going on around him. 
Okay. I think just playing that up could be lots of moments for humor, but also moments of where, I mean, it, it hits the overall arc of the story of, you know, coming of age and women are, you know, like I was saying before, I think the message is that, you know, women are, are alien or foreign when you're 14 years old. So I, that would be the running arc and just playing that, that, con- that contradiction or that contrast between the, those characters him and the women that would that's what i would do yeah i would i would rely a lot on projections background projections and there's gotta be some more you get you have to be able to project some kind of light into yeah. the, audience. the audience has to be like surrounded in some kind of like cosmic light like little nothing that's distracting yeah but like if they were to look out from the stage like the audience would have to be like in the world oh yeah lighting and and you know like fog that would be a must in this play um, I think Mark's if about, we were doing about to put this play on. I think Mark's about to change his face. You can tell. I can tell his tone. No, when you voice, said it, he started I was think. thinking He's about like, it, honestly. Uh, I was like, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Neil Gaiman about to sue two people is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they are making this into, I think, a movie, correct? John? A movie, yeah. So it comes out, um, let's see. It comes out, well, it's already been at Film Fest. Um, I'm pulling up the IMDb right now, which is great podcast material. Um, IMDb, you know what I, I don't even... I can't see, but... <clears throat> so it comes out 2017. Um, it's got uh, Nicole Kidman in it. Ugh. Um, who pays, plays someone you don't know. She plays, like, the queen of these... Better be a mom. She plays, like, the queen of these aliens. Um, Elle Fanning is in it. Um, I can see that she she plays like one of the the main girls pixies, that the, the boy, yeah, she plays one of the manic dream, you know, the manic dream pixie. <laughs> she is that, like uh, the quintessential manic dream pixie. Oh, for yeah, and, and so she she's in it. Um, the kid who's playing N, Alex Sharp, looks like a real uh, like douchebag. a not a douchebag. <laughs> he actually doesn't. He looks like he would be um, just nerdy enough. Yeah. If you give you know, him the right like haircut, it would work. if you give him the right hair, yeah, it'll look like he can't get laid. Yeah, and they do give him a very his hair almost looks like Neil Gaiman hair a little bit in here, but it looks like they go. I don't. I since I haven't read the short story, I feel like that they either took a whole lot of liberties with this because I've watched the previews for it, and there's a lot of this outside of the party. Oh, so like okay. there's. There's like scenes of them other places, and so yeah, you'd have to. I mean, an, I guess you could do like an hour and a half, <clears throat> but it'd be tough. I think you could do Clue. I think you could make it like the movie Clue. Yeah, I can't hardly and you wait. Could do it mostly in a party, right? <laughs> um, but I, but I think uh, I think you're right. Like it would be maybe too. And I, without having read the short story, the comic book would wait is way too short to do a full length ninety minute film on without running somewhere. Uh, but there seems to be like. Uh, like these um, girls are like punk rock. There's like a punk rock band of alien women. I don't know it. It seems to go in so a different can, direction. You can watch the trailer right now. It's online. Yeah, it's online. Okay, the cool. trailers are up. There's a couple of them. So go check it out if you, if you guys are interested in it. I'm interested in it as like how do they translate it? Um, but it's weird because I'm like going. I've only read a translation of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I feel like I could see the movie and I'd be like. Well, that's not anything like the comic book, but maybe it's a lot like the short story, and only the, the short story is only focused on this this snippet of the of the short story. The comic's only focused on like um, one piece of it, but I I don't know that 
it looks interesting, but I don't know that it looks like that's great. It definitely is like a, a very sort of indie looking film, you know. Favorite panel time. Favorite panel. All right, Mark. Since you're the guest, we'll let you go first. Since so you get fresh. All right, I, I don't. The comics, the the books in the truck, but uh, you're gonna have to look through yours. Okay. Um, but it's when he's the redhead's telling him the poem, and they're going through, and then it's at the bottom of the page, and it's this this like galaxy that turns into a woman. Yep. I you know what I'm talking I about? Found it for listeners. If you this one does have page numbers, it's page number forty-eight. Is that it? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a pretty picture. That's a pretty picture. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's really beautiful. Like the climax, like of his, you know, like one of the climaxes there. I guess it'd be tough to kind of pick it out in one climax, but the redhead girl seems to get him most out of this world. Yeah, was it whispering the poem in his ear? Yeah. That's what you play in the background during the play while the scene is going on. Would you rather be on Earth? You guys remember that show? Yes, I do. I do. I, do. Was, I dated uh, her cousin, actually. Did you? I did. What? Breaking news. I did. You dated the, the, the girl from Out of This World's cousin? That's crazy. I did. Wow. That's, you that's did crazy. not have the ability to freeze time. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah that, probably, that, that probably would have helped when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Those early dates. Uh, Travis, what's your favorite panel? Um, mine is also, I think, I think artwork wise some of the best panels are in that redhead scene there's just maybe it's just the, the coloring of her hair uh that just brings out some of that art but mine is also it is the page right after marks the panel right after marks it's the uh top one it's all in white um and mm, the negative it, space is really yes, good the negative space they had just come back from the universe and like it's still burning like it's yeah, like the afterburn on this white yeah. background, uh, and it's watercolored out there, um, and it's splotched up. I think the colorings and, and this, the pencils are just really great. Um, yeah, they're just making out hard. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I know you're probably looking online at some of those panels. Did you find? One yeah, that? I, I am. I, th- I think. I think I'm going to go. I. I the they're on their way to the party and this is that idea that 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 music you hear it on your way there uh and so it's right after i talked about it earlier how he's talking about you know they're not just from they don't come from another planet which is just a funny kind of joke that goes with it but at the bottom it's just it's just this kind of cool setup of the of the the music coming through and so it's the first you can kind of see it in the panel above it but you can't tell what it is right yeah, yeah um the the ribbon of the song and then this is just a panel where they you see the ribbon and i just think that that's it's a really kind of cool way to indicate like they're going to something very different right um, on page uh eight yeah yeah page, page, eight. page so, eight listeners i think that's i think that's just a kind of cool uh device Effect, that you yeah, can only yeah. do in that you can only do in comics Right. Yeah. Um, for now, kind of... for now, unless two drama teachers find a way to visually stage that on a production uh... of How to Talk to Girls at Party coming this spring. I think you could do it. You just need some ribbon and uh, just write some words on it and have one kid run across the stage, <laughs> stage yeah, like waving it, black. W- waving it, <laughs> or connected to a fan 
and turn the fan on, and then it goes, ooh, tum, tum, tum. You don't, you don't know how right you are on how I would try to do that. <laughs> Gerald, get the ribbon. You're late on the queue. Ribbon, ribbon, Gerald, go. Run. Go, Without Gerald. the ribbon, it doesn't make sense. It's too fast. You're going... God, it's not a sprint, Gerald. It's a, it's a, it's a sprightly. It's the beat of a song. A sprightly jaunt. Be more sprightly. Be more sprightly. Jaunt more. Gerald. Gerald, if you don't do it jauntingly, ja- if, if your jaunt is not jaunting enough. God damn it, Gerald! You're ruining my vision! Uh, and that's why I don't think I could ever direct a play, guys. I don't think I could do it, especially with teenagers. I feel like someone's always going to ruin what you want. Oh, you could do it. <laughs> I think it would hurt me. I think it would hurt too much. The same reason I couldn't direct band. Is like there's always like some kid who's like in the middle of the song, and you're like, oh, oh, that part was gonna be so good, it's so good, and you ruined it. <laughs> so what do you think, guys? Uh, Who do you recommend this to? I mean, overall, did you like like the book? Um, is it a one thumb up? Is it two thumbs up? What do you what do, What are you thinking? I, you know what? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a it's it was a really good short story. Right. Like I've been Travis, you know, that I collect all these sort of weird Marvel, like 80s graphic novel stuff. You bought one while we were in Vegas. You found a cool one. And those are all about 60 to 70 pages. So I I like to read a lot of those sort of like short. Three comic stories, Um, I think it's fun. It's a different way to do it. it. It limits you to kind of what story you can tell. And I really thought that this was a really kind of cool short story. And I would say that this is one that you could hand off to a whole bunch of people, right? Like anybody who was a 14-year-old boy who now would read a comic book or at least is or loves music or, you know, any sort of like went through this kind of thing, you could hand this off to. And I think that they would enjoy it. Yeah. Mark? I would, um, yeah, I mean, it. I would... I prefer longer like series, um, you know, cause I really like, like getting into a story and getting in depth into the characters. But for what this is definitely two thumbs up. Um, I, you know, it, like I said, it made me think so. And I really like the art and the story itself. Yeah. I, two thumbs. I think there's a lot of entry ways into this book as far as people you can give it to, uh, People who are just a fan of like literature and short stories, people who are a fan of this kind of style of art, people who are a fan of like American Gods, and be like, hey, you know, that's written by Neil Gaiman. Here's a short comic that he read. Um, yeah. And or people who are like a fan of like mu- like like album people, like people who are a fan of like it's very much is like reads like an album to me, you know. Uh, yeah, like a short story that could be printed in the back of like a obnoxiously long album cover, you know, inside. <laughs> you know. Or this would be, or this is like your, uh, this is your, you know, your uh, your rock opera that you write. Not in a rock opera, but it's like your, it's your, um, it's your, it's your college it short story. Your college. No, it's no, it's the what's an album that has a story? What's the hell's it's called? Oh, I don't think I know the. the... No, oh, like the album tells a story. Each like, song like is one, part like, of a Kerplunk, where it's like they tell a story about the girl who kills herself and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like a, the whole a concept album. It's like concept a whole concept album. album. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, where, there you go. Yeah, like Mr. Roboto, right? It's like it, it, you could do that with it. Well, I, I and think each 
I think Juliana uh, Theory, I think this could be a, a concept <laughs> album for all their pre-existing albums. It could be. But that's the entire soundtrack to this. If it were to, like... If I were to create the the play or the movie version of this, it would be lots of like late mid to late nineties emo. Right, you'd have to update it. Right. This is more like pure like era. They're like, I yeah. don't care if Mondays black. <laughs> it would be even it would be even more obscure cure than that, right? Yeah, It'd be, yeah, like, uh, be like, like somebody's jumping on my train. It would definitely B-sides. be like Yeah, it'd definitely be like some weird uh some some like obscure version of a cure song. Yeah, um, I, 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 so, really, I really like the book. I think it is one uh, that I, I could actually talk more about this. I, I want to get in the conversation uh, one day deeper with Mark about the symbolism uh, with each of the girls uh, and how that's trying to come across, like the subtleties. I think there's a lot more subtlety to this, to this book that unless you read it a couple of times, you probably won't won't get. Yeah. So really enjoyed it. I thought it was really different. It was fun. Um, and made me think, and the pros were just enough writer masturbation to to get me hard. So, and you know what? I was able to. I I already lent this to somebody. You know, I said, you know what? I think you'll really like this, and they took it with them to Japan. And so, yeah. I, you know, they're probably really enjoying it. Yeah, I heard that guy's got two, <laughs> got his own copy too. But you know what? I've got two copies of Andre the Giant in my house because one of them is yours because you left for Japan. Yeah. <laughs> right after we did it or something we, like that. We, what have we learned? What have we learned? Don't let don't lend each other stuff. stuff. Lives in the country from country. That's right. That's right. Um, so, guys, uh, Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Always good. I think we're going to read something longer next time you're on. I think that's that's the goals. We'll All read. Right. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Well, thanks Mark, for having if, me on again. It's been fun. Mark, if you haven't read the rest of the fade out, you need to. It's you okay. can get it all. You can get a hardcover version of it. It's all three trades together, and it is awesome. It is it is great. It's beautiful. It's oversized, so it's a little bigger than the original. Um, it's a good. Book it's great. Book. Yeah, yeah. It's a great bookshelf book. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember that you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. Uh, you can uh, check out all of our old shows. If you want to see some of the other books that we've read and discussed, you can go to www.comicexposure.com. Uh, we, all the shows are there. If you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, we ask that you give us a, a beautiful rating on there, right? It's a little review. That's how people find the show. Uh, if you are a comic shop goer, you should let some people know. If you've got some friends that you read comic books, you talk to them about, tell them about the show. Tell your moms, your dads about the show. Let, it, let, them, let them know what we got going on in the world of comic exposure. Uh, I think, Travis, you and I have to do a Defenders podcast. I think that's the next one. Yep. Uh, we have is, to do a Defenders podcast. We, ha- we have good, to. That's a good – oh, okay, yeah. All right. We have, I have to do a Defenders podcast. I want to know – I want to talk to you about the Defenders. I, okay. I think that's an important thing. I think Gabby would do the show. We might be able to get Gabby on because she she watched it. So I want to know Good. Good. Uh, someone who who's not a comic book nerd if we can get her take on, on the whole know. thing. I don't know. She's starting to get. She's starting to cross over the dark side. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we did watch Wonder Woman again, so I know that I know that you know we're getting there. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got a handful of other books coming up, so check out the uh, Twitter feed for what those are. And we don't have the order yet, but we're we're looking we're still looking for spooky books. Travis, someone told me to go look at, and this is I was like I don't know if I can do this. Someone told us that we should go read some other manga artist because they do super creepy stuff. 
And I was like, I don't know, we tried it before, and and Travis was not was not okay with well, it. It's just it's uh, tough getting someone to read that. I mean, I will yes. read it, but it, maybe we, you and I can do a, a solo bolo. I bet you Freddie would do it. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie, we can get him to read anything weird. He would do it. Uh, but we're we're trying to find some spooky books for Halloween. So if you've got one, uh, find us. We might look right now. I think we've been talking about doing. Uh, the first volume of Hellboy mm-hmm. uh, to kind of do that because the movies, uh, you know, their their production on the movies going on right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. It's been good, Mark. Wonderful as always, buddy. Go shoot some shit, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, go go Damn, shoot a deer. I was really hoping that there would be a buck that would like walk in right as we're doing this. I think that would be good <laughs> entertainment for right. the show. Shut up. That's what we hear. Shut up, guys. Yep. <laughs> Do you have a call? Do you have a do you have a deer call? No, I just I just um in you just a pretty good spot. You covered yourself in urine. You covered yourself in <laughs> a stag urine. I, yeah, I just pee uh. on myself. Um, <laughs> an old hunter trick. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, you my gr- I, You got to pee on your bow too. And, yeah, uh, you're, you're making some strange deer grunting sounds while you're there. You oh, got yeah. a couple. <laughs> 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 this is great podcast fodder right if you made it this far into the podcast ladies and gentlemen kudos to you uh thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next trade